In today's show, I'm looking at the fantasy basketball waiver wire players you can add, players you can drop, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Let's look at the Fantasy Basketball waiver wire now. And we'll start off with guys that might be considered drops. These are guys who are rostered in over 70% of advanced leagues. And I don't think that they need to be. They can be rostered in certain scenarios for certain specialities in certain punt builds, in certain streaming scenarios, for sure. But they're guys that when push comes to shove, if you are looking to clear a roster spot, if you are looking to stream or make a trade, these guys probably can be considered expendable. And let's start with a couple of juniors, Gary Trent Jr. and Tim Hardaway Jr. With CJ McCullum back, Trent's gone from like 35, 36 minutes a night to 27 minutes a night. And let's be fair, in the 35, 36 minutes a night, he wasn't really providing 12-team value anyway. He was scoring and doing nothing else and doing it at poor percentages. And now when you lose you know, seven, six minutes of volume, um, then the value really disappears. So if you are clinging on to Gaz, I understand the point scoring can look sexy. I understand that he can get hot, but it's in terms of overall fantasy value and consistency in performance. I'm just not sure that he's the guy to have there. Well, Tim Hardaway's last couple of games have been really good without Dorian Finney-Smith, but his overall body of work this season has not justified being a hold all year. And he's been rostered in a ton of leagues all season. And I don't fully understand why. So if you did add him, for the Dorian Finney-Smith absence, I get that. I get the, the boost in points that he received, but this is not just based on his roster percentage after those couple of games because it was already high. But now with Finney-Smith likely to return after the birth of his child, Hardaway, his value is going to drop pretty pretty quickly, I think. Steven Adams, again, if you are looking for some field goal percentage and, and uh, rebounds, that can help you. Like He can do that for you for sure. But as a general must-roster player right across the board, a guy that gets 26, 27 minutes a night and scores yeah, five points, with low blocks, low steals, bad free throws, I don't really see the appeal there. It can help some teams, but again, if I have him, he's a guy that I'd consider someone I'd move on from. And Kobe White. Now, Kobe White had big opportunities this year. He was the starter. He played 34 minutes a night. He didn't generate any steals. He couldn't hit any shots. His assists never went up. Like He was just bad. And now, instead of 33 minutes a night, he plays 27 or 26 or even 24 minutes a night, and that is not enough. So he can be a guy that you'd hold, if you want, by all means, maybe he gets the starting job back. That's a distinct possibility. So it's, again, it's not an auto-drop scenario, but I think if you are in a desperation stake with fantasy playoffs not that far away and you need to make decisions, yeah, if you realistically appraise your roster, maybe he's the worst guy on there. And the same would go for Boyan Bogdanovich, who's just struggled all season. He's a guy whose value, much like, say, a Davis Bertans or a Duncan Robinson, is really firmly squared away in the threes category. And he's doing that okay, but everything else has really fallen off this season and it's not providing any sort of value to us in most cases. And you know, with the plethora of guys who hit threes who can be available on the wire, holding on to someone who's a specialist in that category is not always the best use of a roster spot. So I do think that Boyan can be a droppable option. For points leagues... A lot of similar names here. These guys are still rostered in over 60% of Yahoo leagues. DeAndre Jordan, 
Blake Griffin, Kevin Durant, Nick Claxton's uh, emergence, I think he's going to have an impact overall on Jordan. And even then, before all that happens, he hasn't been playing that well. So I think he's a droppable guy. Eric Bledsoe just continues to suck, uh, continues to play lowish minutes. And look, maybe he's traded and gets into a better scenario. But I really just don't think it's worth the hassle. Kevin Herter is a guy that has provided value all season, but Bogdan Bogdanovich is back. Kevin, oh Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter's going to return very soon. Chris Dunn is going to return very soon. Now there's no guarantee that Dunn is even in the rotation, but it's just another name who's on that wing rotation. So those 34 minutes a night that Herder was playing might become 28, and then that value drops pretty significantly. Rick Rubio. Great at the moment. Absolutely fantastic. But Malik Beasley is returning this week. D'Angelo Russell might be this week, might be next week. And then Rubio's value will fall off a cliff. And he's not as good in points leagues as category leagues anyway. So again, if you're looking for a preemptive move, maybe you lose three good games of Rubio. That's a possibility. But if it's what you need to do to grab someone or to stream or to make the playoffs or to get a better seed, then you have to make that sacrifice. Well, Joe Harris, again, Durant, Griffin, they're going to take some shots away. Harris is still going to be effective. He's still going to get some shots. He's still going to hit a ton of threes. And he's still not going to be a very good fantasy points league player. And I don't think anything is changing that for Joe Harris at this stage. Players to add. These are guys who are around on your waiver wire who I think are worth looking at in category leagues. Jordan Poole. Um, not only is Jordan Poole starting for Steph Curry at the moment, but he is going to have a larger bench role as we move forward. He's scoring at an unbelievably good rate. His efficiency is really high. Now, I'm not really sure what else he's going to do. You hit some threes. But for now, with the Steph Curry tailbone issue, with the big minutes coming off the bench, uh, I assume, for Jordy Poole, uh, absolutely someone to grab. LeBron James is injured. Anthony Davis is injured. LeBron has a high ankle sprain. He is out indefinitely. Now, I don't know how long that's going to be. High ankle sprains, six weeks, four to six weeks usually. Now, LeBron is not a normal human in terms of recovery or in terms of injury. So maybe LeBron misses three weeks. I don't know. But I think a realistic expectation is is that LeBron is out until mid-April. Maybe it's early April, best case, worst case, uh, start of May. And that means that uh, someone like Taylor Horton Tucker is going to get a boost. Now, I think they probably start Kyle Kuzma and Markeith Morris together at the three and the four, meaning Kuzma's an ad there, clearly. Uh, Kuzma was already an ad, but just in case he isn't, he's an ad. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker is a guy that's going to take on some of LeBron's ball handling responsibilities and play some of that more second unit point guard, mix in with the starters as a, as a ball handler who's got good efficiency and has already shown some flashes. So I think that uh, Horton Tucker is a really strong ad. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, we're just he's providing back-end value as it is, but we're just waiting. We're waiting for a couple more minutes to be added on for him to become a top 100 guy. And then we talked about Kobe White. So let's talk about the bloke that replaced him, Tomas Sadoransky for Chicago. Again, not a huge upside player, but a good assists guy, a guy that's really good with his efficiency and his percentages and hitting threes. That is valuable enough for me to be a 12-team league player. In points leagues, still looking at Moses Brown as a guy um, who has some value there. Now, I didn't include him in the category league one because I think he's rostered in too many leagues there. But in points leagues, he's available in like over 70% of leagues or over 60% of leagues, sorry. And we saw today another pretty solid double-double. Al Horford's not going to play tons of games down the stretch here. I don't believe Al Horford is traded, but Horford is still going to sit out lots of games. And even in games that Horford plays, you still probably can get 19 to 21 minutes out of Moses Brown. Maybe that pushes to 25 in blowouts. And then he plays 29 in the games that Horford sits down, and that's enough for me. I've got Keldon Johnson here because um, he was dropped in a lot of leagues, understandably so, as I've mentioned plenty of times. But then he came out really strong the last two games. So he's worth adding to see if this sticks. Now, I'm not convinced, but I, you know, maybe the decision to drop him, probably the decision to drop him was wrong. And, you know, that's, that's, that's on me as well. But 
everything was trending down for about two months for Keldon Johnson at some point. And I'd like to hold on to guys for a lot longer than others. But at some point, you just have to bite the bullet. I bit it. And then he bit me right in the dick. And he uh, he fly, flied back up, flew back up the rankings and put up some good numbers. Kuzma's on this list as well. And Rui Hachimura, who I've always maintained is a better points league player than category league player. They are just funneling minutes into him, like 38, 39 a night. And in points leagues, minutes is king. Usage is pretty important too. And he's getting a lot of shots and a lot of minutes. And that makes him, yeah, maybe even a fringe top 100 points league guy. And then MC Hamadou Diallo. We don't know how it's going to work in Detroit. We don't know what his role is going to be, but a better points league than category league player. Worth taking a flyer with Allington and Magruder and Jackson and those sort of guys the current shooting guards who aren't great options. So Diallo has a chance to play 30 minutes a night. Not convinced that he does, but he has a chance to do that and be a pretty solid option. Deeper leagues, I'm looking at Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, looking at Trevor Ariza, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's not a bad stash in 12-teamers, Daniel House Jr., and Pat Beverly, who, when he returns from injury, he's going to provide 14-team league value, yet he's rostered basically nowhere. So they are some interesting 14-16 to 16 team league ads. Must roster players. Let's just fly through these ones. Guys that are rostered in under 85% of Yahoo leagues who are projected to be top 100 the rest of the way. Rob Williams, Tyrese Halliburton, the Jedi, OG Ananobi. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop OG. Uh, You better stop OG. PJ Washington Jr., Evan Fournier, Thad Young, Marcus Smart, Maximum Derek White, Darius Garland, Larry Nance Jr., Malik Beasley, TJ McConnell. I've got that with an asterisk. Now, McConnell... The thing with McConnell is, right, the first two, three games when um, um, uh, Karis Levert returned, McConnell was just you know, 20 minutes a night, no ball handling. And I went, okay, this fits in with who TJ McConnell has been as a player his whole life. 18 minutes a night, a guy that can't shoot, a guy that yeah, provides some interesting steals and that sort of stuff. And yeah, that all tied in with my narrative of where he was going to be when Levert returned. It tied in with what literally happened on the court when Levert returned. And you piece those two things together and you go, okay, well, okay, this is what we expected. This is literally what's happening. Drop him. And now, the last three games, he's playing 27, 28 minutes a night. They're reducing Aaron Holiday's minutes. I'm not sure I love the decision from Nate Bjorkren um, just because of McConnell's literally inability to shoot and the fact that nobody respects him as a shooter, so they just leave him wide open. I'm I'm not 100% convinced that this is the right call to play him like 28 minutes a night while Jeremy Lamb gets 13 minutes and Aaron Holiday doesn't play. But that is what Bjorkren has decided to go with. And yeah, that's again, probably he shouldn't have been dropped. And if he's available, you add him and let's see what happens. And it could very well just go pear-shaped again. And he plays 21 minutes a night and gets four, one and three with the steal. All right, that could very easily happen, but let's just re-add and see what goes on. Jakob Pertl, must roster. Kevin Porter Jr., despite an absolute turd today, uh, he'll be must roster because, again, we're banking on some John Wall injuries slash surgery and perhaps a Victor Oladipo trade. But the evidence of when he plays with Wood, Oladipo, and Wall is that he is not a rosterable player, but that's not why we're rostering him. It's not under the expectation that Oladipo, Wall, and Wood just play every game together for the rest of the season. And then Jordan Clarkson, another guy who's a must-roster player. Popular ads. TJ McConnell, we've talked about. Talon Horton-Tucker, we've talked about. A couple of Knicks guards with all the injuries there with Peyton and quickly banged up. And Derek Rose continuing to be out for... Literally forever, apparently, with COVID protocols. Alec Burks and Reggie Bullock are putting up some good numbers, so they've been added in a lot of leagues. Well, Otto Porter, I don't really believe that one. He had some good minutes and good production last game. They closed the game with him for God knows what reason. Uh, I'm not buying into Otto Porter as a 12-team league ad. 
Let's look at some hot players as well, guys in the top 100 who are rostered in under 50% of leagues. Reggie Bullock, we talked about, really good three-point stream, especially for deeper leagues. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Faku Kompazzo, who is um, your TJ McConnell analog, an assistance deals guy while Morris and Harris are out. Joshy Jackson with uh, the Allington and Magruder and Diallo injuries and Hayes injuries. He's got some value there. Well, Nicola Batum has jumped back into the top 100. I'm not rushing to add Nick Batum based on these couple of games, but you know, as a streamer, there is some value there for him. And let's look at some flyers, guys, that you might want to take a crack at um, just to see what happens. And Nick Claxton, it's going to be hard. Jordan, Green, Griffin, Durant, these guys are all going to play center minutes. Claxton's the best of the lot, not including Kevin Durant, of course. But getting those minutes is really tough. And Steve Nash came out today and said, we envisage Blake Griffin as a center. So that's really going to be tough for Claxo. Killian Hayes, that's a real big flyer. You might be waiting until the end of April till he plays 27 minutes a night and looks like he actually can be an NBA player because he hasn't shown that yet. Ty Jerome, just just... Seeing how things roll in Oklahoma City, just a stashable sort of guy. Trimmer Kiki, mainly if we think that there is an Aaron Gordon trade um, and they don't rely on El Camino, which again, it's Steve Clifford, so they probably do. And then Troy Brown, he's never going to get those minutes on the Wizards, but if he is traded somewhere else, I think there is still some ability in Troy Brown to be a useful enough fantasy player. So he's just a, a very wild flyer type of guy. Guys, That'll do it for me today. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.